Welcome into Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts with CPA and Personal Financial Specialist, Phil Putney. Now let's get rolling with today's show. Hey everybody, welcome into this edition of Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts with Phil and I as we talk investing, finance, retirement, and it's your birthday. We're going to talk about birthdays. What's going on, buddy? How you doing? I am doing great now that we're beyond the the 18th deadline. So there you go, tax man. Can breathe, breathe a little bit of a sigh of relief, and everyone's on extension that didn't get them in. So that's good. That's good. We were laughing right before we started this that uh, the, the wonky weather. So oh. we share with listeners. I'm in North Carolina. You're in Michigan. Uh, I, you know, I used to live in Michigan forever and a day, but you guys got three inches of snow two days ago. Yeah, it was kind of a surprise. You know, yeah. like April 1st is what I was thinking. You know, April Fools. What's going yeah, on? Really? You know, it's crazy. Yeah. And it was, so, that was the actual last day of tax day too. So yeah, yeah, it was, it was. I imagine some people were not happy if they had to run out. And, you know, no, no. Although, I mean, I, I ran out. It was not that big of a deal. It was just wet, yeah. wet, heavy snow. It didn't stick to anything on the oh, pavement, the hard surfaces. So yeah. Anyway, uh, I got some milestone birthdays here. You know, as we get older, Phil, we kind of don't want to talk about birthdays. I know. Yeah. Right. Not, not as excited to get them. Uh, not as excited. Yeah. But these are kind of important from a retirement planning standpoint. Mm-hmm. There's some big ones here. Just some of the stuff's pretty basic knowledge that people are going to know, but there's some other yep. stuff that people might find interesting or they didn't know. Mm-hmm. So let's start with 50. I turned 50 last year. Uh, I talk I talk about it all the time being the unofficial yep. kickoff to retirement, kind of like Memorial Day is the unofficial yep. kickoff to summer. It's not summer, but we treat it like it. Well, at 50, I think we start getting a bit more serious about retirement or at least thinking about it. And mm-hmm. so the government also says, hey, we're going to give you something to help with that. What, what are we talking about? Here? Yeah. So you get a little, little bit of a boost in the ability to contribute to either IRAs and 401ks or 403bs or whatever your flavor of company sponsored retirement plan is, but yeah, so you get, you get a little extra boost for IRAs. It's not much, it's an extra thousand, you know, so it goes from uh, six currently up to seven uh, for IRA or Roth. Um, And then for company plans, you get another 6,500. So that's a pretty, pretty big boost. If you're doing both though, right. You could do both. Yeah. It it depends, depends on the scenario, your income. And, you know, if you're participating in a qualified plan, yeah, you've got to be very careful because the income limits are a lot lower to what you right. could contribute, but it's possible. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, so get another 7,500 or so. That, yeah. Uh, I was going to say, let's even point. do the 6,500, Phil. I mean, yeah, we're talking 50, right? So mm-hmm. if you can turn this on at 50, let's say that you're in a yep. position, you can max out, add that extra 6,500. So I think it makes it what? 27,000 now this. Yep. Yep. Be the max. 27,000. So over 17 years, let's say, cause full retirement age, let's go with 67. 67. Yeah. That's not chicken fee. Right. No, I mean that extra sixty five hundred over that time frame. That I mean, that can really add up. You know, you're hundred and uh, what hundred five hundred and ten thousand something like that. Exactly. So, you know, it's a pretty significant amount of money. Significant so, number, yeah. And and they're actually uh, in the process of looking at the Secure Act too. I mean, it made it through the House, yeah. the Senate's the next uh, hurdle to get through, and and if that passes through, that sixty five hundred will actually go up to ten thousand, but not oh, until right. age sixty two. Yeah, that's right. You know, so much later, it'll give you even a bigger boost if you're still working and contributing. Yeah, you know, to try true. to catch up. So yeah, you could go to yeah. what ten thousand. Let's say if you're going fifty to sixty two, will be the cap they're proposing. I mean, right. again, still twelve years, ten thousand. I mean, it's one hundred twenty yeah. grand. So yep. Uh, nothing to sneeze at. All right, let's go to 55. Now, I'm going to set this up, Phil, because most of us are familiar with 59 and a half. We're going to talk right. about that one next. But basically, 55 is a little known caveat that's really, really similar to 59 and a half, but with just a couple little things. So, so can you explain that one? 
Right. Yeah. So it's it's for um, individuals that leave a, a job. Um, they've got money in the 401k. And if you take it from the 401k, um, 50, because of uh, leaving a job at 55 or later, um, mm-hmm. then there's not the extra 10% penalty. It's always taxed, you know, unless it's a Roth. Um, but it's going to be taxable. We can't avoid that, but at least you don't have that extra 10% penalty. So, I mean, this is actually a huge planning point that I think a lot of advisors even miss, you know, because they're working with clients and making a plan. And the first thing you do is you roll all the 401ks into an IRA, because then Mm -hmm. you've got better management and control and options. And I get the reasons is not to say that it's wrong, but you've really got to understand this rule and it might be worth keeping some of the money in the 401k, um, especially if they're under 59 and a half. So then they can bridge that age up until 59 and a half right, and avoid right. the 10% penalty. Yeah. Especially if you're talking about retirement early, if you've got yep. the funds, whatever the case is. And again, Correct. that caveat being, it's basically just like the 59 and a half, but it's from the job you just left. Correct. So it can't be yeah, like a so prior job. From exactly. That. Yeah. Yep. It's gotta be the, that's kind of the kicker. It's the, the job that you, day. yeah, you retired or, you know, were terminated from or whatever. I was going to say it works is, both so. ways, right? Phil, yep. whether you walked out or they asked it, you. To walk yeah. Out. It doesn't matter. You're, you're terminated one way or another, whether one it's way voluntary or, okay. or not. So yeah. All right. Gotcha. Yep. But it's got to uh, be from that job. Correct. So that's a nice little caveat. So something to ponder yeah. again. And like I said, it's something that I think is often overlooked, you know, mm-hmm. um, don't, quickly move everything to an IRA. I understand the reasons that it might make sense financially and management wise, but just keep in mind, if you're under 59 and a half retiring, it might be worth keeping a sum of money in that 401k to help bridge that gap. So. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, So then let's just touch on 59 and a half. Pretty, pretty short and sweet, I think on this one. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty much everyone knows that rule. I mean, 59 and a half. Now you, you don't have the extra 10% penalty. You know, so if you take it out of any type of retirement account, so whether it's IRAs, you know, 401k, 403b, whatever the the company plans are, um, now you don't have that uh, 10% penalty at all. So you don't have to worry about like the the special 401k rule of it being from that most recent former employer. So So if you're doing the early retirement, if that's on Mm -hmm. your mind, some people again would typically say, okay, well, I can't touch my, you know, my IRA until I'm 59 and a half, but then I'm going to take it out until I get to our next one, which is 62, because they need that, you know, they're trying to make use trying that to bridge, up, br- to, bridge yeah, the gap, get to, yeah, gap get to the different ages. So, so yeah. yeah. And it's, um, it doesn't seem like a lot, but I mean, 10%, I mean, that, especially if you're in a lower bracket, if you're only paying 12% tax, I mean, it almost doubles your tax bill. Hey, who wants to pay you a penalty? So, so that's yeah. right. Yeah. It's just the principle of the matter. So, yeah, exactly. So we go to 62 and that's pretty mm-hmm. universal, but social security, yep. we can start it early. But just because you can, and we won't beat this, Phil, because we talk about yep. it a lot, but doesn't necessarily mean just because you can means you should. Correct. Yeah. So with Social Security, you are eligible at that stage to collect. Um, a lot of caveats and you know pieces that go into that decision, um, one of which doesn't really mathematically make sense. For most right. people, probably not. If you've got other options for income, let the, the Social Security grow typically. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing to consider there is if you're going to continue to work. So even if you're working part-time, you're eligible maybe to file for social security at 62, but you might not get the full benefit. What's it? If you're 19, earning too much. Yeah. I think it's 19,560 this year. So, so maybe yeah, so you've got to be careful. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's a very part-time type of job and it's what it's intended okay. for. So, yeah. you know, so if you're, you're thinking, well, I'm going to work and earn 30,000 a year and I can go ahead and file for social security and that'll get me that bridge of, you know, the <laughs> income I need. Eh, you're not exactly don't do that because the IRS, if you don't, Tell us Social Security the, the correct right. number, 
you know, once the tax return gets filed, the IRS notifies Social Security, and all of a sudden you're going to get a notice from Social Security it says, by the way, you earned too much last year. We're going to stop paying you benefits until, you know, yeah. June, July, August, whatever it is to, to catch that up or they're made whole again. Yeah. You know, so it's for every $2 over that threshold, you're going to lose a dollar of benefits. Yeah, so you're going to give them back. Just some, some, yep things to consider when you're looking at that age. You know, I, I heard somebody call it a penalty. I hadn't heard it called that before, but I was like, it's a, there's a penalty with you take it early. I was like, what are you talking about? They were like, well, lower, it's lower benefit, right? So mm -hmm. I was like, oh, a reduction in benefits. I've heard it called that because yeah. you're getting less than if you waited till full retirement age. And we'll talk about that in a second, but Correct. I just never yeah. heard it called a penalty before, but it's like, I mean, I it, it's kind of like a penalty. It's less money, but I mean, you get money. it early, you get more, yeah. you know, there's pros and cons. That's why I say you got to run the right. math. I mean, yeah, technically it's called a statutory reduction is, is the technical reference of it. But so I got to acknowledge, we got an email from a guy named John and he said, Phil, Phil says pros and cons or run the math. We have to drink. So I'm gonna have a drink. That's right. There we go. <laughs> I'll drink to that too. Thanks for watching John. We appreciate it. Uh, okay. So we go to 65, Phil, that's mm -hmm. the next one, right? That's yep. obviously a pretty big one. Listen, but there are some caveats, just some things to remember when it comes to Medicare. Yeah. So Medicare um, 65 is eligibility for Medicare. Yep. Um, and probably one of the biggest caveats or things to watch out for here is you have to file for Medicare at age 65. And that, I mean, that's the general rule. Um, but there are some exceptions to that. So if you don't do that, there's going to be a penalty and it's a lifetime penalty. So, I mean, this isn't something. Wow, really? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not, oh, I missed it. I'm going to get a penalty. No, it's for the rest of your life. Um, so you don't want to not do this. Yeah, for sure. But that doesn't mean just because you now reach age 65, you have to file for Medicare. Uh, the exception to that is if you have a company plan, a qualified right. plan. Yeah. You know, basically, you work for a company that has more than 20 full-time employees, then it's going to be what they call credible coverage. Um, so that is your exception to not having to file for Medicare until you lose that credible coverage. Then it opens up a whole other window of opportunity. And is that just for file. A? Is that just for the A part, Phil, or is that staggering like to the different? Well, it's components? it's for both A, a and okay. B. Just filing a, for okay. Medicare, correct? Okay, I got you. So yeah, I mean, I guess technically it's just A because B, you, you don't have to take. You know, True. but I mean, because it, it costs extra money. So, okay. but. And like, technically, you're also doing this three months early, right? You're supposed to do this three months ahead of time? Yeah. So <laughs> if you wanted to start at 65, yeah, I always recommend probably three months out uh, okay. to start the process to make it effective, you know, on your 65th on birthday. Yeah. That way you don't have any hiccups and, you know, yeah. worries of, oh, you know, I lost my coverage and now I'm going to have to <laughs> right, yeah. go to the marketplace for a month until I get the actual Medicare coverage um, in place. I mean, but the funny thing was, is with Medicare Part A, and this is something else to, to keep in mind, especially if you're delaying it, is that if you're filing for Medicare after age 65, they backdate it six months or till your 65th birthday. Um, again, Part A doesn't cost you anything, so it doesn't really have any effect or cost on, on your scenario. Mm -hmm. But the thing you really got to be careful with um, is if you're in a high deductible plan and you're contributing to an HSA, mm -hmm. you can't contribute to an HSA if you've filed for Medicare. Gotcha. You know, so, okay. so that's one well, key to really keep there, in mind that, yeah, because yeah, a lot of times you'll hear people that, you know, I reached 65. Yeah, I went ahead and filed for A anyways. It doesn't cost me anything. And you know, there, I mean, there could be some benefits, you know, in how it works with your company plan. It might pick up a couple of deductibles or things like that. 
Right. Um, but just understand what happens once you've done that, if you were in a high or are in a high deductible plan, um, doesn't mean you can't have that plan anymore. It just means you can't contribute to the HSA. Okay. So, and this is something a lot of advisors are pretty up on when it comes to the Medicare side. I know unfortunately I, I, not. <laughs> I was going to say, I think a lot of them do farm this out too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So in our scenario, my son-in-law, um, he helps all our clients with that. So okay. we do social security and Medicare classes. He, he always now. teaches the Medicare part of it. Yep. Okay. So. All right. Good to know as well. All right. And there's definitely a lot of, I mean, again, we know that we know some of these big dates, right? We know the 65, right. we know the, but there's a lot of little nuances. Sometimes you want to make sure if you're not working with a professional, that's why we talk about a lot on the podcast that, Hey, you know, DIY and building right. the wealth is one thing. It's a totally mm -hmm. different animal than when you get to actual retirement and you got to start getting all these parts working together and stuff. Uh, so let's, right. let's go ahead. We'll keep it focused today on the birthdays, but let's go to sure. um, our, our FRA. What is that? Our full retirement, the full, full retirement age. So that's going to be somewhere between 66 and 67. Uh, so if you're born at 54 or after, um, up to eight, uh, 1960, it's going to be somewhere okay. in that range. Okay. Um, and it'll tell you that on your social security statement. So for instance, if you were born in 1957, I think it's 66 and six months. Um, yeah, I think my brother's 66 and nine months, I think okay. he's 58, I think 58. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So it, 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 uh, each year it, it grows and moves closer like to 67. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. and um, 67 for everybody else after whatever that number is. After that, 1960. Yeah. You're born after 1960, your full retirement age is 67. And now so. you've got no earnings cap if you still want to keep working, right? Correct. Yeah. So a lot of things happen at that age. Number one, um, you get the full benefit. So no statutory reduction. Mm -hmm. um, second, you don't have to worry about earnings. You know, so if you're going to continue to work um, and you file for Social Security, that's probably the age that it would make the most sense again, unless it's just a part-time job and you know, right. you're trying to, to bridge that um, income need um, through social security and working. So yeah, those are the two big factors to consider. Now that leads into a whole nother discussion on taxes of, you know, can you file for social security and work at that age? Absolutely. There's not yeah. a, a hindrance, but does it make sense from a tax standpoint? And the reality there is probably not. You've got to run the math to see because You've always got your CPA hat on, don't you? At the well, at the end of the day, you're not going to keep the whole benefit, and yeah. unfortunately, it's going to be extra income added on top of your W two income. Mm -hmm. So, if you're in the twenty two percent bracket, it's taxed at twenty two percent. Maybe push you up into the twenty four percent bracket. Yeah. So, just understand the tax ramifications before you jump in and say, "I'm going to go ahead and file and." Put the money in an investment. I can earn about you know more than they're going to give me. Uh, all right, I don't have seventy on the list, Phil, but we'll just do it real fast. Yep. Um, seventy is the max for Social Security. We Correct. have had questions before, people saying, "Hey, I, I'm healthy. I want to work past 70. Mm -hmm. How does that change things? It doesn't. It doesn't. It's yeah. Just, you don't get to add any more money. You don't increase the benefit at that point. You just need to go ahead and file, right? Cor keep, Correct. Yes. I mean, there's absolutely no reason to wait beyond 70. It's not going to grow anymore. It picks up an extra 8% between your full retirement age and 70. And that's prorated on a monthly basis. Um, right. it's simple, simple interest annually on the, the full retirement benefit. So if you so went 68 a, or 69, it's, you know, you're getting correct. some growth just and then 70 is the cap. Right. So at 70, there's no reason to not file. You yeah. know, it, it taxes, it doesn't matter because now you're just giving up money that you could get you know, that you're entitled okay. to. Yeah. And there's, okay. there's no reason to wait. So it's kind of like a, a pension. Most pensions, their age is 65. And 
you're way beyond 65, the company's grateful because they're just not paying you benefits and they're not going to give you any back pay. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, if we were doing this list a couple of years ago, Phil, we'd go from 70 to 70 and a half. 70 and a half. Yeah. They used to be Another one of those close, dumb close half. years. I yep, swear, yep. I think some senators just sit around and go, let's put a half on this just to mess yeah. with people. But anyway, There's probably two of them arguing back and forth and they came to the middle or something. There you go. So who knows? Was. Uh, but now it's 72. So it's, it's our friend, the RMD hit me. Yep. Yeah. So that's uh, the age you have to start taking money out of those tax deferred accounts, the IRAs, 401ks, 403bs, all the retirement accounts. Yeah. So like it or not, um, starts at that age. Uh, your life expectancy is 27.4 years. They just updated the tables uh, okay. last year when they did the 72. And you'll you'll like it uh, that now they uh, think you're going to live to 120. So so oh <laughs> at, at 120 on the RMD tables, they still gave you two more years too. So, wow. But yeah, so RMD start. I don't think at I'm making it to 120. But I don't think I want to. I don't it. think there's many of us are going to make it to 120. Yeah, so, I don't think but so. they, anyway. they push that table way out there. So, and so it's a percentage typically starts and then it grows. Uh, yes, at- correct. Yeah, I mean, technically it's not a percentage, it's a factor. So oh. it's 27.4. Um, so you'd, take the balance. If you were 72 this year, you would take the balance in the accounts on December 31st of 2021, yeah, uh, hmm. um, divided by the 27.4 gives you the amount you have to take. And then the next year it goes down at 73. The RMD factor is a little uh, less than one year different. Um, okay. I forget what it is. I think it's like uh, 26.5 or six or something, but Right. Um, like they just scale it down a little bit. Yeah. I mean, for simplicity purposes and discussions, I always say it starts at around 4%, which is about what it is. There you go. A little bit less, but it gives you at least an idea. Okay. Um, a lot, a lot of people think, oh, they're going to, you know, I'm going to have to take 10% out at that age. Yeah. No, it's not that bad. It's, it's yeah. 4%. But, and don't forget, folks, you got to take this joker. Yes, you don't want to miss they this. They are one. not nice. Now, I feel I have heard that you can, that your advisor, your professional can uh, request, if you did goof, you can request mm-hmm. that they waive the penalty. Um, and that they, they, they typically, they have seen that quite often. But if it becomes egregious or if it looks egregious, right. they're hitting you with this big five zero fifty percent 50% penalty. Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's even worse than that because it's 50% of what you should have taken as a penalty. Mm -hmm. And then you have to take whatever you should have taken and pay tax on top of that. On Yeah. You know, so I mean, if your tax was 25% to make it easy math, you know, now you lost 75% 75. of that RMD through tax and penalty. So you don't want to miss it. Yeah. So, and to your point, yeah, you're, you're correct. I mean, if, especially if, if you're the one that, found the error, so to speak, and corrected it. Mm-hmm. And you don't even have to notify them. I mean, if, if you make up that RMD in the following year and it's, you okay. don't, don't go back and amend a return, your cash basis taxpayer. So whenever you receive the income, that's when it's taxable. Gotcha. But if you're the one that goes in and fixes it, so to speak, and calculates, okay, I should have taken this amount, you know, last year and I missed it. So I took that amount this year and um, whatever you're supposed to take this year, then you're right. okay. So, okay, yep. cool. Basically, don't make them hunt you down. <laughs> yeah, don't don't make them hunt you down. They don't uh, like it. And they will figure it out. I mean, that's uh, part of the reason the, the form 5329 comes out. And okay. they usually don't get issued until sometime in May. Um, but that was a, a form. It's been around oh, probably 15 or 20 years now. But it wasn't always part of the, the filings required by a custodian. But the IRS started having custodians tell them, at the end of each year, how much is in these accounts? Because they had no idea up until that point, the IRS had no idea what was sitting out 
in retirement plans. They oh, just wow. didn't know yeah. there was no reporting. Yeah. And so now they get this 5329 and then on there, it'll say, well, this is how much the RMD should have been. Should have been. So okay. it's, it's their way of double checking you know, to, to make sure that um, you're taking that distribution. So, yeah. And we've had those conversations and we'll wrap it up here with that, but we've had those conversations about, you know, there's $40 trillion sitting out there in retirement account yep. money. There's $30 trillion in debt. You tell me where you think they're targeting some thoughts. Everybody has different ideas, but who knows? Yeah, it's have been happening to make it to illustrate that they, they want some of that 40 trillion. I mean, technically yes. a lot of that is money that has taxable taxation owed to it. So it's Correct. not like they're just trying to take it. It's just like, Hey, we've been waiting. We right. want, well, I mean, it's part of the agreement, you know, it's part of the agreement. Uh, I always joke with uh, clients. What do you think IRA stands for? Yeah. I've you know, heard that joke. Yeah. This is the reality, but yeah. most people think well, it's a, you know, individual retirement account. Right. And that's not actually the case. It's actually individual retirement arrangement. Yeah. And that's oh, the go. arrangement you made with the IRS was they, allow you to, to put the money in, defer the growth and tax on the original principal yeah. with the understanding that that ends at these required minimum distribution ages. Yep. So that was all part of the agreement, so to speak, up front. Yep. Unfortunately, a lot of us, you know, we kind of forget that agreement and it's like, oh, what are you making? You know, trying to take <laughs> yeah. my money away. I it's don't like, want to well. take my money. And there's other <laughs> things you can do. We've talked before in other podcasts. You can go check these out about, yep. you know, can you get out of it? No, you can't get out of it. But no. there are things you could do if you want to start moving the money earlier beforehand and into yes. a different type of account, like a Roth, or if you wanted to do some QCDs, some uh, charitable donations. Sure. Yep. So yeah, so there's, there's a lot of ways that. to manage your tax liabilities. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> all right, that's going to do it this week on the the podcast. Thanks for hanging out. Important birthdays, definitely some planning opportunities in there. Work with your advisor on that. If you're not, if you're not working with an advisor, if you're doing you know doing it yourself, the DIY thing, definitely yep. sit down and talk with somebody because there's a lot of caveats, a lot of nuances, but a lot of ways you could be effective. So reach out to Phil as always. It's uh, 248 888-7530. I got to switch screens. So my face will change. 248-888-7530. That's the number. I almost forgot. I was like off for just one week and I'm Yeah, it's, it's up and you go on vacation. Right? I know. Yeah. Get, get old or whatever. <laughs> or stop by the website. That makes it easy too. Phil'sTaxHacks.com. That's Phil'sTaxHacks.com. We'll see you next time. Investment advisory services offered through AFS Wealth Management. The content of this program is provided for informational purposes only and is not a solicitation or recommendation of any investment strategy. Investments and or investment strategies involve risk, including the possible loss of principal. There is no assurance that any investment strategy will achieve its objectives.